0: Vulnerable Podcast is a platform for open and transparent conversations. Each episode, I interview a guest who has experienced something that is very common to all of us, but they offer a unique perspective on how they gain spiritual insight and found strength in their vulnerabilities by owning their power. These conversations are authentic, raw and unedited. As always, let us know how these conversations are benefiting you by engaging with us on social media by using the hashtag #VulnerableConversations. Hello and welcome to another episode of Vulnerable Podcast. My name is Alyssa Michelle and I am your host. Um, today we are, or well, I am, talking to a lovely lady. And I always introduce people like that, a lovely lady, a lovely man. Um, this lovely lady goes by the name of Rose Courts and Rum on Instagram. And she's very, very, very open about her experiences with motherhood and being a single parent and finances and just all the things that people are I suppose they really want to talk about as much Um, and that's one of the original things that drew me to her account and I I have to say that I've met so many friends via social media and I would like to say like real actual friends as well like real decent human beings Um, so there is definitely Uh a space on the interweb for like real connection if you actually are seeking it out. Um, So Uh her name is Rachel and do you want to just kind of like introduce yourself and just say hey?
1: Okay, so hi everyone. I'm Rachel. Um, some of you may know me as Rose Quartz and Rum. I, um, yeah, as Rochelle was saying, I am very open on Instagram about my life and my past experiences. Some may say too open, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> that's just that's just how I am. I'm an open book. Um, I also have a blog under the same name, Rose Quartz and Rum, and that kind of explores my. It's very, very personal and explores my um, experience of motherhood, of poor mental health, of abusive relationships. Um, and it, can, it gets quite dark. So I, it's not something I'd, I'd encourage you to read as a lift me up.
0: <laughs> okay, as a lift me up. <laughs> Um, um what we haven't oh, yeah. I didn't say actually is that we're recording this via Skype today so this is the first none in the studio podcast that we're recording so bear with bear with us with the technology and um hopefully you can just make out what Rachel's saying even if, if it cuts off a little bit um so cool yeah the reason why I wanted to kind thank of thank you as well
1: Thank you for doing that for me, Rochelle. Because can I just say, this is anxiety. This is why we have to do it over Skype because Rochelle has been trying to get me to London for I don't know how long. But my anxiety is like, blocking me cock blocking me um, so she's happily done it over, she's done it over Skype for me so thank you so much no nah, man and I think this
0: is good for me as well because now it's just like I can see how I can interview more people that don't live in London yeah. Um and also you're going to come to London this year like you've already put it on Instagram I saw it you're going to the science museum <laughs> so like yes you're definitely yes. coming down um okay cool so yeah I'm not a mom um at all and I find it actually quite interesting to have so many mums that follow me like I have a a nice um cohort of like mummies on Instagram that follow a lot of the things that I talk about and I find that so interesting but I will say that I'm not a mum um but I have definitely recently started to realize um that motherhood and depression is definitely more in- interconnected than I would have previously thought I didn't put any thought into it before and I think that there is something about motherhood that um allows women to go to quite deep, dark places, maybe, of themselves. Um, so what is it about motherhood that sends women into depression? Um, mental health and motherhood also isn't something that attacks single parents. And I, I definitely realised that when I put this post up on Instagram, I had a lot of women come back to me um, that were interested in hearing the episode. And some of these women were married, are married, um, and some of them are single parents. So it, there's not like, it's not like depression doesn't exclude married women if that makes sense um mm. so what is it all about how can you look after yourself while you're experiencing depression and look after your children at the same time um so yeah I would like if you can just for me if you don't mind going through like just talking about the beginning and early stages of like your pregnancy like where you were at um because your son he's he's now eight or nine
1: yeah so he's nine now um but I think that the seeds were kind of sown for there to be problems in our relationship from way before I even got pregnant. Um, there was issues around my own poor mental health from being 12 years old. Um, there was issues around self-harming, um, trauma, and I was on top of it all in an abusive relationship. But yeah, um, I think those was, and, and it's a shame really that throughout my pregnancy, the people who had hold of my medical records didn't kind of pick up on the fact that I was vulnerable um, and there wasn't really that support during my pregnancy or anyone kind of preparing me for what was to come I don't feel anyway
0: so are you saying that the um the doctors who had like the NHS and people that had hold of your records weren't able to kind of like piece it together
1: Yeah. Like in hindsight, I I feel I I used to get mad thinking, well, now that I'm in a better place anyway, I just used to think, do you know, there was signs there that I obviously was a vulnerable young woman. I was in an abusive relationship. I'd had had a previous, um, history of suicide and poor mental health. So I wish that during my pregnancy, there was some kind of emotional support because I obviously wasn't getting it elsewhere. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, it's really sad, but that's kind of where, where it started. I think because my pregnancy was so difficult in terms of health wise, um, I was, I had this thing called hyperemesis gravidarum, sounds very grand, but trust me, it wasn't.
2: Um, No, I was literally just
1: throwing up from the minute I found out I was pregnant to labor to the point where like literally my throat and my mouth were full of blisters. I couldn't eat. Yeah. I lost weight. I was hospitalized throughout most of it on a drip. Um, and throughout all that, my partner was, he'd ramped up his abuse, if anything. Um, I thought that me being pregnant, he'd kind of protect me and, and you know, love me in the way that I wanted him to. But it kind of just made him way more neglectful and abusive. So my pregnancy was hell on earth. Um, and throughout a lot of it, I I begged nurses to let me have an abortion because I just didn't feel like I could carry on. I thought I was going to die. Um so, obviously, when that happens and the baby's born, that doesn't just switch off. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the mm-hmm. relationship didn't end. And I remember him being there at the birth and I just didn't want him there. But I kind of thought, well, it's his child as well. And mm-hmm. maybe this might be a turning point for him. But I just remember the, just it being so fractured and not the experience I would have chose for myself at all. Um, and then somebody places this baby in my arms and i was supposed to feel euphoric and i'm looking at i'm just sat across looking at a picture of me holding him now at that very moment and i just remember thinking nothing i just i, I just felt numb i felt completely indifferent had you like they could have take, taken him away and i'd have been like okay yeah fine
0: um I have a question did you at that stage acknowledge it as depression or as at that stage was it just like this is just what i'm feeling it's just like just another feeling like happiness or sadness I'm just feeling sad like did you acknowledge it as a mental health thing
1: no not at all I acknowledged it as oh my god I'm gonna be a shit mother because I don't feel like how everyone said I was supposed to feel Mm -hmm. why don't I feel like that is there something wrong with me but I never thought this is because I, I wish I could I wish if I went back and rewound I could go Rachel you're depressed yeah it's okay it's normal. Don't worry about it. But at the time I was just thinking, Oh my God, this child, this poor child, this is not what he deserves. Um, so yeah, that's where I was. I'd, I'd never associated it with being depressed. So I didn't for a long, long time.
0: Yeah. So how did you kind of get around to understanding it as, um, depression or would you say it was, okay, so what is the difference between being a mother and having postnatal depression? And just having depression that was there before you were a mother—that kind of continues when you have your child.
1: I don't think there is a difference, really. I think it's a continuation, but now you've got more things to be depressed about. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like it's um, you're you're a mother who's like because a lot of the times it's not our child that's making us depressed. Mm-hmm. There's it's everything. It's everything. Like, in, if I look in in my example, for instance, um. If I had a supportive partner, my own place and a stable kind of background,
2: mm-hmm. things
1: would have been completely different. But because of where I was already, um, it was just a kind of continuation and then a decline in my mental health. And mm-hmm. um, because now not only I, what not only am I, I a depressed person, but I am now a depressed mother who is responsible for this child. He relies solely on me and I don't feel up to the task. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I really did th- think that once I had a child that my mental health would just fall away and I wouldn't think about it. I'd just be so um, obsessed with my child that I'd take a back seat and it would kind of cure a lot of things for me. I'd have this per- this little tiny person who loved me, filled this void. I wouldn't be worrying about my own issues anymore because I'd just be so focused on being a good mum and that did not happen.
0: So when did you like um, start to realize like what actual behaviors of yours towards him um, like uh-huh. allowed you to realize that it was depression like what were the things that he did like say for example when he, if he was crying that's a, like example that I've heard quite a bit as example of a child crying and you just being wanting that child to shut up type thing like what were yeah. the things that um, kind of like made you realize that it was something different that so he did so from early
1: on like with Isaac I. Um wouldn't bond with him like I knew that I wasn't bonding with him because I was convinced and nobody could convince me otherwise that he was going to die at any minute I really did think that this child was going to be taken away from me he's just going to die so what is the point in bonding with him Mm -hmm. And I remember just like being happy for people to take him off me and change him and I didn't breastfeed him um solely so that other people could feed him because I thought I do not want to love this child and him, leave me. I can't put myself through that.
2: Mm. I've
1: been hurt so much that I can't love this child and him die. So I I just decided not to love him. And I know that sounds crazy. Um, And at the time, I thought that was totally rational. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, that makes sense. And then when my health visitor came around and she said, why aren't you picking him up? Why why is your mum doing everything? And I kind of said, well, he's going to die anyway. Wow. And she said what do you mean he's going to die anyway there's nothing wrong with him he's a healthy baby I said yeah he is now but and and I know this might hit people hard and they might think oh my god you can't say that but a part of me almost wanted him to because I thought it is a win-win it had evolved me from this responsibility that I did not want and he wouldn't have to grow up with a shit mom who can't look after him so I was just kind of waiting for it to happen mm-hmm. um, and that's when my my uh, health visitor started kind of putting things in place as in we need to get you help.
0: Right. So she was the first person like in your like immediate circle that kind of acknowledged that something wasn't right.
1: Was there anyone in my immediate circle? No,
0: she was. So your health visitor, yeah, yeah, she was the first person that was like, hold on, something's not I did not quite right. Let me kind of get some things into place. So what did she put into place for you?
1: So to begin with, she just was talking to me and then she left that day and then I started to think, oh, this might not be normal. Um, he was a very difficult baby because obviously he was feeding off my energy. Yeah, yeah, I realized, yeah. He you know, was difficult. He was crying all the time and he mm-hmm. just wanted me and I, I just couldn't be there for him. So I was dealing with sleeplessness as well mm-hmm. um, because he just would not sleep, like literally wouldn't sleep for me. He'd just scream all night. So in the end, he ended up sleeping in my mum's room Yeah, and I'd sit in my room crying. Um, listening to him crying so she kind of tried helping me get him into a routine um sleep wise that failed miserably um and I started <laughs> I started hallucinating mm-hmm. and and I told her about it I said that I thought it was because I was so tired but I was hearing things like people talking that weren't there they're not just just like conversation not telling me to do stuff but hearing people talking or saying my name
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um and I was seeing people at the end of my bed and I was seeing people leaning over my son and I'd say to my mum who's she and my mum would say who who do you know what I mean Mm -hmm. and so over time I think my health is to then helped me access mental health support through my GP yeah um I spent some time in hospital, not, I wasn't sectioned, but, you know, just kind of getting myself together, I guess. Mm -hmm. Um, And they kind of gave me counselling, but at the time it it wasn't the counselling that I needed. It was, it was like a CBT kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I, I didn't need that. I think what was coming up for me was all sorts of It wasn't it it wasn't Isaac's fault. It wasn't anything. I wasn't depressed because of this baby. I was depressed because I didn't think I had the tools to be able to be a good mother. Yeah.
0: Um, Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So let's get into that because you are now a qualified psychotherapist. Um, yeah. So when you're talking about like what they offered you as um, the, the cognitive behavioral therapy was an ideal, um, what type of therapy would you suggest to be geared for anybody kind of going through this right now? So how many different, like what are the, th- the different common types of therapy that are given and like what would you suggest? Well,
1: usually, well, so usually on the NHS, they offer you time limited, usually get six or 12 sessions yeah. of CBT, um, which is an ideal because anything to do with motherhood is so deep it's never just about anxiety it's never just about depression it's about usually um unresolved things that have happened in your past mm-hmm. or you know i'm not I'm not generalizing actually because some people genuinely it is just about the motherhood thing but a lot of times it's deeper than that and it's about self-belief it's about self-worth um etc so cbt doesn't always address the the deeper underlying things. It mm-hmm. gives you tools which are great that can help you in the moment, but the, it's not going to stop it from keep happening. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, so, I can. I, I definitely I, know what you mean.
1: Yeah. So for me personally, and this is all like I wouldn't tell anyone else what to do, but what but what worked for me um, was person centered counselling. Okay. Um, and that is. it's kind of account this by the way i didn't get after that happened with going into hospital and etc i kind of just bumbled along in because my my focus wasn't on isaac at that time it was it was surviving this abusive relationship with his dad
0: okay cool um
1: so for a long time that was it i didn't get any more help and things just declined further and further and further Mm -hmm. um but the psychosis was being controlled with medication
0: Okay. yeah
1: so after I left his dad that's when the healing started and that's when I sought out the type of counseling that I wanted and I chose person-centered counseling because that is what I'm trained in um and I chose that because person-centered counseling it's not about necessarily delving into your past and dredging up or you know all your secrets and your, your buried trauma although in my case that's what it was it starts wherever you want it to start so I wanted to go in and talk about why I was it, it was all about my relationship with his dad to be honest because without healing from that I couldn't be present for my child
0: mm-hmm. and I think that's really that's a really important notice as well because it's kind of like um you say that when he was first born he used to cry that he was really irritable and you say that it's because it was the energy that you was giving off so you you basically had um a lot of kind of like healing to do before you got pregnant essentially, but that you hadn't done and your child energetically picked up on that. Am I correct in saying that?
1: Yes, definitely.
0: So what would you say for like people that are trying to navigate depression but haven't actually really connected it to past trauma that they might need to heal?
1: I think it's it's hard for a mother because in the home, everything orbits around her. Mm -hmm. Her children orbit around her and her moods. And um, it's trying to find a balance, I guess, between your own needs and your children's needs. Yeah. Uh, and honoring your own needs because, gosh, I remember like feeling so. I don't know if the word shame is right, but yeah, I guess it's shame. I, I went through like a couple of years, two years of being absolutely selfish. After I left his dad, I went through years of being totally self obsessed. And people feel tell me I should be ashamed of that, but I'm not at all, because I think young mothers, particularly or mothers on their own, any mother, I guess I'm trying to say actually, needs to um, needs to find a way to go through her own shit outside of her relationship with her child.
0: Yeah, how like, basically needs- a way of maintaining who you are and not losing who you are as a person.
1: Yeah, yeah, because. Just because you're a mother doesn't mean everything else falls away and mm-hmm. it's just you and your child. You've still got issues, you've still got finances, you've still got relationships to maintain or heal from. You've still got the shit that happened to you in the past that keeps popping up and you still cry. Do you know what I mean? It's not, being yeah. a mother doesn't take all that away. It's just It just adds extra responsibility onto it. So I think trying to find a way to make it work. So my depression has almost helped me and my my son. Mm-hmm. build a life that kind of works for us mm-hmm. because I was thinking about this before I was, I was looking at Isaac playing and my son whether it's good or bad he's very used to having to play on his own yeah he's an only child yeah but he, we've kind of developed in that way where he knows that sometimes and I've had this conversation with him and I think it's really important for mums if it's age appropriate to be open yeah. with your child mm-hmm. about your mental health and not be scared and feel like you have to look like this strong pillar all the time in front of your kids.
0: So what does that Stay. look like? What kind of conversations have you had with him um, for him to I've understand? i
1: conversations where, because I used to feel really guilty because I'd get in from work or wherever I'd been, this was after the relationship with his dad ended mm-hmm. and he'd I'd be in a hole, like I'd feel empty I'd feel just awful, awful, awful mentally. And then he comes and he's like, Mom, can we play Bop It? And I'm like, Maybe tomorrow. No, not today. And, and Isaac even said to me, I remember you say maybe tomorrow all the time. And I knew that, to, and Isaac said, I knew tomorrow would never come.
0: Is that what he and said? I, I was, wow.
1: Yeah. And that is just so sad. And it was always maybe tomorrow, maybe another time, not now. Um, and I guess. I realized, I think I told you this, he once had an outburst and said, do you know what? Don't bother because tomorrow never comes with you. I can't rely on your word. Your word means nothing to me. And my son's really sensitive and very good at expressing himself. Yeah, so and I very was,
0: articulate. It,
1: yeah, it hit me like a ton of bricks. I thought, oh my God, He. you think that they just brush it off, but he's been realizing that I'm not there and it just hurt me so much that i thought i need to change this i need to tell him mm-hmm. i need to tell him why sometimes i come in and say not now
0: yeah and so so, you, so then you sat down you had a conversation with him how did that go yeah and, I,
1: and well we talked about mental health in general and i said you know sometimes have you ever been sad before and he's like yeah of course i have i said yeah sometimes people feel sad like that for no reason like sometimes they just feel really sad and they can't get themselves out of it and they need to either spend time alone or they need to do, they need, they have, usually what people get is like a toolkit of ways that help them feel better. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they need to take a bath out of that toolkit or they need to go and write or they need to go for a walk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and those things help them feel better. And sometimes what helps me feel better when I'm feeling sad or just really tired is to be by myself mm. and just chill and watch TV and um, for an hour or a couple of hours or whatever and then I feel a little bit better and I feel a bit more able to be a good mum
2: mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: you know what I mean just trying to put it into language that isn't too mature for him I guess and how did he take and, that you know, and he, 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 t- he you know Isaac he's just like okay I totally understand mum and and he says you know I'm glad that you told me that I, I'm, I can understand now, and sometimes I feel like that too. Not, I don't feel sad, but I definitely want to be alone. Mm-hmm. So I understand where you're coming from, Mum. And then when I come in from work, and it's like, do you remember that time I said that sometimes I just need a little bit of space just to decompress and and come down from work and just you know? And he's like, oh yeah, okay, I'll go and I'll go and watch TV for a bit. Catch you later.
0: Oh my god, it's so. I find it so fascinating how. Um, children choose their parents because I'm a believer that we choose other parents to kind of bring us into this life to teach us the lessons that we need to learn type thing and it's Um, almost like he's like the perfect child for you yes Um, oh
1: my god yeah
0: yeah and I get that obviously like we've never actually met and I've never met him but just by like the way how you the stories that you tell about him and from what I can see on Instagram like he's literally like the perfect bundle of like love in a child for you
1: And and so you know what? I I grew up in a household full of mental health issues Mm -hmm. and I wish somebody had took me aside and said, you know, this is what bipolar is. This is what daddy has.
2: Mm.
1: Daddy acts this way. It doesn't mean he doesn't love you and it doesn't mean he doesn't want to be around you. It just means that sometimes he has to take himself off and be alone. And um, whilst he's alone. These are the things that you could be doing because Isaac's really adept, adapted to self soothing, which sounds really cold like I'm his mother, I should soothe him. But unfortunately, because I have mental health issues, I can't always be there to soothe him because I'm trying to soothe myself. Mm -hmm. So, Isaac now, you know, he's very creative, he'll draw, he'll watch TV, do things, you know, lads do his age, he'll play on his Xbox. But for the most part, we're very happy. To be in separate rooms doing our own things. This is not all the time, but when I'm in that space of okay, I'm having a bit of a depressive episode. Mm-hmm. And we'll saunter in and he'll give me a hug, or I'll saunter in and give him a hug, or you're all right, you're hungry, do you want anything to eat? No, I'm all right, Mom. And then we'll go back and do our own thing. Wow. But as well, like I want I want women to know, mothers to know that there's different styles of parenting. Yeah. Like, do you know what I mean? Like 100%. people think yeah, and you've just got to find your own style. And just because somebody on Instagram's kid is drinking green juice for breakfast, and your kids, you're trying to wrestle a curly whirly out your kid's hand every morning, it doesn't mean you're getting shit wrong. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean it's, there's different children respond to different things. You're an individual. We can't all fit the mold of this, you know, perfect mom.
0: This Instagram mom.
1: This fuck Instagram moms. Mm-hmm. I can't stand them because. I, this is why I'm dedicated. I don't have a very big following, and I don't business if I don't have a very big following. But I'm dedicated to showing you shit as well.
0: Yeah. Do you know what I love I, about? Because you're um, you're a vegan, and yeah you you put a piece of other day and I was laughing so much she was like it breaks your heart that Isaac doesn't eat anything other than boiled potatoes like anything- oh my god <laughs> yes <Yeah. laughs> yeah. like, what the hell for a vegan for someone who likes vegetables like that must be heartbreaking but it's kind of like you have to then cook for yourself and then cook something yeah. that he's prepared to eat because obviously he needs to eat something
1: yeah and to be fair okay let's be let's be open here last night i had a very nice meal that i put on instagram i and saw everyone, that so that I
0: was looked very very banging
1: yeah well my son <laughs> he had a full pizza to himself and um a knobbly bobbly ice cream afterwards and instagram didn't see that but it <laughs>
0: happened uh-huh
1: do you know what i mean because i last night i didn't have the strength to argue with him about what he should be eating i said what do you want to eat isaac because I'm so sick to death of making separate meals. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it just makes life easier because I'm sick of putting things in front of him and him going, it doesn't taste nice. It's horrible. I'm like, and I've spent hours making, no, mm-mm. what do you want to eat? I want pizza, right? Put the pizza in the oven.
0: But that is the reality. And this is what I'm saying. And if anything, you kind of, like, that is the kind of thing that I think that mothers would like to see, like, to know that actually, because I know that, like, so I'm like... I'll be honest. I'll be very honest. Like, I don't have kids. And I I feel like sometimes when I go to my sister's house, I can be quite judgmental. Um, And I catch myself being like, oh, is he sitting in front of the TV again type thing? But it's kind of like, actually, like she probably just needs to like clean the house and having him sit in front of the TV and not annoy her for a bit. Yeah, and he's going to take in some stuff that I might not agree with. But actually, I don't have to sit with this child um, 24-7 and entertain them.
1: You've got to choose your battles very wisely exactly. when you're a mum. Mm-hmm.
2: When
1: when you're a mum with depression, you've yeah. got to choose your battles. And if one night your child wants pizza and ice cream for tea, and that's going to be easy for you to make, and it's going to help you, you know, um, feel less stressed and less like you're just failing at everything, mm-hmm. then just fucking do it.
0: I want to ask Friendship. you about friendships and like how your friendships were affected like what was your friendship circle like before you got pregnant what was it like during and what is it like now so
1: I thought obviously I got pregnant very young I was 19 and I was the first in my friendship group to have a baby Mm -hmm. and I thought my friendships were quite solid to be honest but Mm -hmm. it was probably built on a foundation of going out and getting wrecked every weekend
0: (laughs) Um, most friendships are at 19
1: Exactly. Exactly. Um, and so when I became pregnant and I couldn't do that, I kind of saw fractures in the relationships and, um, fell out spectacularly with my whole friendship group, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and during my pregnancy, I, there was one friend that was quite supportive in her own way, but for the most part, I just didn't feel supported by them at all. I felt like a complete outsider. Um, and it it hurt and I felt kind of lonely but at that moment in time I was so focused on my relationship with my son's dad
0: right so that was the that was the focus for you you were like okay these friendships aren't working out but let me just like focus on trying to were you trying to rebuild the relationship um like between you and him or was it a case of like between him and your son you wanted that more so
1: I wanted a family right I wanted I wanted us to be a family a normal family um and so I was focusing on trying to be everything for him mm-hmm. you know and I was focusing on trying to be a good girlfriend on on looking right on because he used to like come to the hospital when I was on a drip and be like oh my god you're like shit and I'd be like seriously oh <laughs> you know what god. I mean like so I'd put on makeup before he came trying to look good for him and all that shit and I was just so I had putting all my energy into um
0: being good for other people awesome.
1: yeah and then with my friends like if they wanted to go out clubbing and whatever then let them do that and after he was born you know the the interest peaked a little bit because it was news like oh, newborn let's come around and see him and hug him mm-hmm. and then the the interest started to fade a little bit and they went back to partying and doing their own thing and we just drifted apart, um, and I, for a long time I went without really any close friend. Mm-hmm. I had people in my life that I knew, but they weren't really my close friend. Nobody I could really talk to mm-hmm. about how I felt. Um, it was a really kind of lonely time, and, and also part of my psychosis Um was telling lies. So okay. the friends that I did have, I'd say to them that <laughs> it's not so funny now. But I say to them things like, "Oh, I'm going on a video shoot. I want to be in uh, Drake's new video." Oh my god! Yeah, and they'd be like, "Okay," and I'd be like, "Yeah," just because I think it was a part of me that was trying to make them think that my life wasn't just
0: right. You had no, you went, you didn't have FOMO because yeah. your life was cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> and I'd tell all these outlandish lies and. They didn't understand that it was part of my mental illness. I didn't. I would just say I don't I don't I didn't know what I was doing half the time. So they drifted away and they were like, She's gone mental. She's telling lies. She's she's isolating us. fuck her. Do you know what I mean? We don't have time for this. We've got parties to go to.
0: And when Um, did you start to have you like now cultivated a um like your own tribe? And has that come from kind of like you embracing your own mental health or like um go into mummy groups or like how have have you kind of like molded your new friendship group now
1: I never did the mummy group because of the nature of anxiety I guess when you've got mental health issues mummy groups seem very intimidating
2: yeah
1: Um, a very scary thing to put yourself in with if you're not feeling like a mum anyway Mm -hmm. then to put yourself in a group of mums that seem to have their shit together
0: yeah, is, it's like a mirror in your be, face, being like your shit, yeah. your shit, your shit.
1: Yeah, it's going to be. De- it was. I felt it was going to be detrimental anyway, uh-huh. so I didn't do the whole mummy group thing. I very, I very much relied on online communities. Okay. Um, they really helped. Really Any helped websites Mumsnet. in
0: particular, Mumsnet.
1: Mumsnet. <laughs> it was just I was like top dog at Mumsnet for a, quite a while, mm-hmm. um, because it allowed me to not go out and interact with people, but still feel connected. mm Hmm. So I really, um, I really used that as a tool. And then over time, after his his dad had left and I started to feel strong enough to start making new relationships, friendships again, Mm -hmm. I started going on courses. Okay. So I I went to my local college and looked at things that I was kind of interested in and I'd go on courses um, just like, introductory courses or one day courses just to get myself you know into the swing of talking to people again
0: yeah
1: Um, and that's how I stumbled across counselling because I did an introduction to counselling course
0: but that's a very key thing because it's like that, is, uh, that part of your life, it sounds like you were starting to reconnect with who you actually are outside of motherhood. Um, yeah. And that's like, what, you know, taking courses or finding things that you're interested in um, at your local college and signing up to it. Like that's, that, those are the kind of things that you peak interest from that you didn't even know that you had. Like you said, that's how yeah. you found counselling.
1: Yeah. And I recognise that is a luxury that not every mother has, that she can't, you know, just leave her kids. I, I was... Um, at this point Isaac was in primary school and I was working four days a week Mm -hmm. so I had a day to myself really Mm -hmm. Um, and my mum was happy to help out as well and I realised not every mum has that um, luxury yeah and so again use the internet like I don't want you to be sitting in your house isolating yourself but if it's your only option and you feel you you just don't have the resources to be able to go out then there's online courses Mm -hmm. um No, there's, and look for like not just mental health or mum groups. Like, if you can get a day off over the weekends, do you like dancing? Do you like writing? What about starting exercise again? Mm -hmm. Anything, anything that'll get you feeling like um, a woman outside of your relationship with your child.
0: So that leads on to my next question. Like what self-care tips have you implemented into your life to stay afloat? So you, you mentioned before you were talking about um, when you were talking to Isaac about kind of like your depression and you mentioned the toolkit. And I think that's a really cool way of putting, um, putting it to him. So I was like, what is your, what is your self-care toolkit now? And what's in there? (laughs) And like, how do you take things out? Like, what do you think like, Oh, today I'm a little bit, um, sad from work because i know that you work with young people and you work with like um very like emotional like vulnerable young people so like you've had yeah. a day where you have probably had a few disclosures and you're coming back like what are you taking out of your toolkit to help you kind of get through the night
1: um i think so i read a book recently about there being two types of mothers the nurturing earth mother who's the mother who just kind of takes um motherhood in her stride and it all comes very naturally to her and she gets her she recharges her energy through um giving and her relationship with her children and Mm -hmm. the people she loves and then there's the creative rainbow mother (laughs) and that's who I (laughs) sounds like something
0: that I would be the creative rainbow mother okay go on yeah
1: the creative rainbow mother is more manic, a little bit more impulsive and expressive. Um, so I don't thrive off routine. Mm. The nurturing earth mother would. Routine wilts me. Mm-hmm. So I need I need to make sure that things are, not every day is the same. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I don't, I don't, I'm not really strict with Isaac. He can stay up when, I, he takes himself off to bed at half eight usually, but he, I don't make it. And he can do what he wants a lot of the time. Mm-hmm. Um and my way of recharging, I guess, is solitude. Okay. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. That's really important to me to be able to, and it's again, it's a luxury, but if there is a point in your in your day, mums out there, where you can be on your own for a little while, or even in the next room to your child, because, you know, make sure he's safe or she's safe. They're in the same house. Nothing's going to happen if you spend an hour in the next room. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? don't put that pressure on yourself to always be like i have to be stimulating my child constantly you don't let them learn to entertain themselves for a little bit mm-hmm. it's easy for me to say because i've only got one god knows how young mothers with four do it but solitude was big for me creative outlets mm-hmm. so i need um to be able to write draw sing I love singing. It makes it lifts my spirits. I can't sing.
0: I didn't know that. (laughs) I
1: can't sing. I can't sing. Like, I'm tone deaf. But it it lifts my spirits so much. I'm taking long, hot showers. Yeah. So if I just gone to bed, what I do is a mindful shower. Okay. So, you know, um... The practice of mindfulness and and really instead of just being in the shower and we're always in a rush mums aren't we you're always like just get everything done i need to get the washing out i need to get his. but no um that half an hour in the shower is my time and i'm gonna sing i'm gonna t- not sexually please don't take this sexually but even if it is sexually do what you gotta do um <laughs> I, t- I feel my body i connect i ground myself yeah. i feel the water on my skin i s- what can i smell what can i hear what am I feeling? Allowing yourself to feel it, but not getting attached to it, obviously, because otherwise that just runs into rumination and anxiety.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so mindful showers. And also, in terms of mine and Isaac's connection, I found that um, through going out... This might sound hippie to some people, but it worked for me. Going out with him, getting out of the house, and being somewhere beautiful, no matter where it is, just in a park or at a beach... Don't need to take any money with you. Take some food, whatever, and just have a day or an hour walking and being out in nature. And that has been the biggest healing between me and my son that, that there's ever been. That was the difference. That's when I was in my depressive state and I, I didn't feel like I could mother at all, mm-hmm. I didn't take him anywhere because I thought something might happen and I wouldn't be prepared. But now we, we go all over the place and that says to me that that's been progress. That's how I progressed. I've been spending quality time with him outside of the house because you feel trapped when you're a mum. You feel trapped in the house. Like this is your life. You're just a slave, and it's so relentless. God, you got to do the bloody washing again. You got to make the beds, wash the bedding blah
0: blah. so it's making that it's making that choice to just take yourself out of that environment for a bit and I think it's the power of the choice is like you're remembering that you have the power to choose something different even if that's just for like 20 minutes
1: yeah exactly yeah they're gonna be okay like they're still gonna be there when you get back Mm -hmm. so don't fucking worry about them just get out Mm. or do something different with your child together like something new together like for instance I've never been to one of these bloody trampoline parks yeah something I, I would not want to do but no, I thought do you know what? Fuck it. come on Isaac let's go to this trampoline park and it was a ball it was fun okay do you know what I mean yeah. just all sorts, and I'm bloody roller skating he had me roller skating I nearly broke my damn neck <laughs> but it was funny we were laughing I, you know I had a bruised ass but it was funny
0: yeah so kind of it sounds like as well like you're saying like let them kind of like lead what they want to do
1: yeah let them lead what you want to do and also find your mother in style and if it's not um the one that's held up by society as being the perfect one if you know you're a little bit ditzy and you're not great with routine and you know the amount of times my son's gone to school in his uniform on non-uniform day and I've been like oh my god how do I not know this like why does and the mum's like they sent you a newsletter I'm like I didn't fucking read no newsletter (laughs) (laughs) do you know what I mean but that's my that's kind of my parenting style and Isaac like luckily Isaac thinks it's funny and he doesn't care he's just mummy yeah um I don't go out of my way to do it but I just think sometimes find if you're not that Instagram mum then that's fine let her be that Instagram mum you be the mum that you have to be for your individual children
0: so how do you think that um how do you feel like your experiences with mental health have developed you Um, not as a mother but just like spiritually in general
1: oh gosh I when I was in the early years of Isaac's life I was so far away from my spiritual self Mm -hmm. as far away as I could be really if I if I was to have a child now it'd be totally different but at that time I was too I was I was in emotional agony Mm -hmm. I think is the only way I can describe it Um, and I couldn't find a way out of it as I started to heal so through counselling My spirituality really developed. Mm -hmm. Um, I went through, like I said before, a couple of years where I was completely self-obsessed. And I had this question of how have I got here? How have I come from being this beautiful, I was a dope little kid. I was so cool and so beautiful and so giving. How did I get from that to being this twisted up, messed up mess that I am now? And the journey from finding that out is how I developed my spirituality again. Um. And yeah, it took me away from being a good parent. I'm not going to lie. There was times when I was distant Mm -hmm. and emotionally unavailable. Do I regret that? No, because I'd rather go through two or three years of ripping myself to absolute fucking shreds to the point where sometimes I felt suicidal. Sometimes I didn't want to live anymore. The stuff I was finding out and the way that the anger I was feeling and how I've been trapped and God, no fucking wonder I'm the way I am because of this, because of how I've been trapped by other people Mm. that were supposed to love me. Joe, that's going to mess you up. And I used to think, and talking about suicide and motherhood, people shame a mother for feeling suicidal and they say, how dare you? You're supposed to be there for your children. How could you even think that? And somebody has said that to me. What about Isaac? And all I could say back was, "What about me? Mm. What about me? What if I don't feel like I can, I can go on? Like I, what if I feel that me not being here would benefit him? What if I feel that? Do you know what I mean? I'm still a woman. I might be a mother, and I, I'm a woman. And this is how I feel. I don't want to be here anymore. Do you know? And what can they say to that? People, I'm, I'm sorry, but you're allowed to feel that way, mm-hmm. mother or not. And luckily, there was a voice in me that said, you're worth saving, and I am. And I followed that voice. And I didn't go down that path. But it's better for me to have gone through them two years of spiritual development, even though they were hard and horrible, and I was distant with my child, than to go through a lifetime of being disconnected. Of of being disconnected and of fucking him up because I can't resolve the trauma inside me. I have counseled people who are in their 60s Rochelle who are still blaming their dad for walking out on them when they were five for why their life's fucked up and why they can't treat people nicely I don't want to be that person mm. that's not me do you know what I mean I, I wanted to dedicate myself to finding finding out who I am yeah and if I hadn't have done that and, and now I am like I'm a mixture of I think I'm a mixture of the earth mother and the rainbow mother to be honest but um because I could because I nurtured myself. I could then find a way to nurture other people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Does that's, that make sense? Yeah, no, that makes complete sense, actually. Like, it, like you said so much there, that's like, so powerful. Um, So thank you. Um, I'm just going to get on to some questions. So when I I put a post up on Instagram about um, motherhood and depression and I had a few people get back to me about some questions that they had. Um, So what I've tried to do is kind of like cover most of the questions in our conversation. So a lot of it's been answered already, but there is one question here from African underscore butterfly 88. And she says, hi, I, I resonate deeply with this topic as I have struggled with depression most of my motherhood life and it is always hard knowing how to get through this whilst learning how to manage your children's emotions at the same time without yeah. snapping at them. My question is how to balance this? How does a mother learn how to raise wholesome children um, without doing psychological damage whilst battling with depression? Um, so yeah. What do you It think? kind of ties in I guess to what I just said yeah.
1: as well doesn't it? Yeah it does. I, I can totally resonate. with what, What's her name again?
0: Her name, her Instagram name is African underscore
1: butterfly. Okay, African butterfly. That's beautiful. Yeah. I can totally resonate um, with the feeling of the way, like my mental health is going to damage my children. And if it goes unchecked and we don't, learn and seek ways to help ourselves and it will Mm -hmm. we can't get away from that fact of course it will I'm a product of a of a household full of mental health issues and it has affected me Mm -hmm. but like I said before if we if I'd have had if my parents had been like I am now that a lot of that damage wouldn't have happened so it's our duty as mothers to kind of heal but how do we do that whilst also managing our children's emotions. There is a way. We can do that. Um, And its I guess it's kind of... It sounds really unachievable, I guess, in a way, but setting times for yourself, times for your children, and times when you're going to do things together. Do you know what I mean? Like making sure you've got the space as a woman to be able to explore yourself. Maybe go to a counsellor so that that hour is your time
0: yeah to work on and yourself then, so then you can help your children kind of be more wholesome,
1: yeah and like and don't as, as long as you're as long as you're being open and honest with your children and you're being loving because I know we love our children, we're not out to hurt them, yeah we love them and and we let them know that you know throughout our mental health, I was still hugging and kissing Isaac and telling him, I love you, uh you know you're safe, i have never I, I don't want to hurt you, He knows he's safe and loved but that he also knows that people come with complex feelings and difficulties and we can't be one thing all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so being open with your children and doing things with your children that will help both for your mental health. So things like going for walks or, or having like cute conversations when you're bathing them about how they feel. Do um, What I used to love doing with Isaac was I, I drew him. It was really crude. It was before emojis, so I was quite ahead of the game. <laughs> but I drew a chart of... Um, all different faces and all the feelings i could possibly think of like happy sad blah 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 but also bored frustrated tired and and just put every feeling i could possibly think of in a funny face to go correspond with it Mm -hmm. and every day i'd ask him how he felt on that chart like where he felt he was and we would talk about whatever feeling he'd he'd bring up say it was frustration i'd say what's frustrating you eyes and he'd say you know i just feel like i'm bored and i'd be like well what kind of things can we do to do you know just so, so he's helping you? Yeah. Because you're all because you'll also be looking at the chart, knowing where you are as well. But he's helping them manage their feelings, and then yeah. you start to think of ways to manage yours. And
0: I think just it's al- it's people. also that's really like educational. It's actually showing like helping him understand how to identify what his emotions are, and then articulate them and explain them. Because I find like with yeah. a lot of young people I work with, sixteen-year-olds, like they still struggle to articulate how they feel and like why they're feeling what they're feeling. So that's outside yeah, that's of the fact where it's just a case of, like, you're getting to know where he's feeling and he's getting to know where you're feeling. Yeah. It's a case of, like, allowing and them.
1: Might, and and this lady's children might then ask her where she is. Yeah. What, what do you feel, mummy? You know, just... it could open up a whole conversation about yeah. feelings every day when you look at this chart. Where are you at? How are you feeling? And checking in with your kids all the time and making them aware that, you know, mummy might be sad, but I still care about you. Yeah. You can still talk to me. It's okay. The gun that Your children, babe... Mm -hmm. talking to this girl are going to be fine because it sounds like if you didn't if you weren't aware that your uh, mental health will have an impact on your children then that would be a problem yeah 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 if if you weren't aware the fact that you're even saying like oh god I'm trying to balance it and it sounds like you're already doing so much Mm -hmm. that without even realizing it it's when people aren't aware of the damage they're doing, that's the issue. Mm-hmm. It's when people can't re- be reflective and think, shit, you know what, keep shutting out my child is eventually going to lead my child to believe that I don't care about it. Do you know what I mean? We yeah. know that this isn't the correct behavior, so we correct ourselves and we work on ourselves. So it sounds like she's doing a really good job anyway. Yeah. Okay. Um, Thank you. And a feeling of maybe being a little bit hard on herself, too, like thinking she's going to break her children somehow or, or create like sociopaths because she's like this a mother with mental health. No, she sounds like she's doing the right things by seeking help.
0: Well, I hope that was helpful um, for Mahalia. I mean, Mahalia, that's the next person. She
1: can reach out to me as well. If she wants to talk about it on a more personal level, then please just DM me. That's fine.
0: Yeah, we'll put your Instagram at the end of this um, so people can reach out to you. And the last question is from Mahalia um she says the one thing they never tell you about motherhood is how hard it will be to be you again having a baby is hard adjusting is hard and I would like to do and I would do anything to love myself again so how do you start falling back in love with yourself again please
1: is that Mahe- Mahalia Mahalia Mah- Mahalia Mahalia okay um so she she's not loving herself at the moment she's not is it is it a way of like not liking what she sees in the mirror or is it just not just feeling completely disconnected
0: I think it's I think it was a mixture of both yeah she sent me I basically have condensed what she sent me down into like one question and it was from what she was saying it was like she was this one she was a person a different person before like her body was different before she gave birth and now she has two children and she's um in a space where she's trying to, like, navigate her friendships, her relationship, her, her motherhood, and just trying to also love herself at the same time. So I suppose, yeah, like, physically, how do you kind of, like, learn to appreciate your physical body? Because you're, like, some, you know, we have all this whole, like, bounce back movement on... Um, on instagram where you've got like celebrities posting their two-day snapback and i think it's the most irresponsible thing ever um especially when they have money (laughs) to kind of like get surgery while in childbirth Um, and then you obviously have things that happen to women's bodies that are not um talked about when they give birth and stuff so your muscles can shift in your stomach and stuff um So that type of thing, like, yeah, I don't know exactly what she's going through um, appearance-wise, but how can you kind of, like, encourage um, her to fall in love with herself again? um, Like, just, yeah, inwardly and outwardly.
1: So, as always, and I'm not saying this just as a counsellor, I, I mean this wholeheartedly, if, if she has the resources to be able to, I would get a, a counsellor, definitely, because that kind of unravels all sorts of issues that are going to, always lead back to self-acceptance she is there's a quote I remember hearing something like when I accept myself just as I am then I can change
2: mm.
1: so I feel that she might need to maybe stop fighting it yeah like this is where you are right now this is what you look like right now it's okay mm. it's okay like you've your body has gone through like such a transformation like you were saying before you've you created a new life like let's focus on that for a minute
2: yeah
1: let's not focus on how you look in your body and I know that is hurting you right now but that that will come in time what you need to do is maybe um focus on your relationship with yourself first and not just with what you see in the mirrors. as in do I like me yeah what do I like about me What did what did I enjoy before this baby came along? What was I doing with my life? Was I happy with what I was doing with my life? And if not, what would I change? What would be different if this baby wasn't here? Mm -hmm. You know, what do I want to do? What can I see myself doing? Asking yourself, being really reflective, asking some difficult questions, and sitting with them, and I guess moving in that direction. You know, obviously, if she she can incorporate, I, I don't. I just so I just don't focus on externally, but I know that it's a massive thing for some people. So maybe like getting out and about with her children. Um, I don't know. Exercise might make her feel better if it's something she enjoyed beforehand. Um, but just focusing on strengths and what you what you were like beforehand. What I'm sure there were things that she was before she was a mother that she didn't like. Yeah. So cherry pick the bits that you do and don't like what do I want to carry over into my motherhood what bits of me do I really value yeah but i definitely say um and I think actually she she said what didn't she that she was seeing she was beginning to see a counsellor
0: yeah 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 that she's starting to see um she's she felt as though the NHS had let her down but now she's a she's gonna start seeing a therapist so I think that is something that you've You've already said that you think it's very very Yeah, valuable. like take
1: and take the pressure off, like I yeah. just hear I can hear the pressure like from just from a question and like mm-hmm. her mind racing and the pressure to be okay again, be a good mom, be a good partner, look good, get a get a good job, get your education like whoa. Mm. You're comparing yourself to women on the internet that already have this shit down. Like they might you don't know what their journey's been, mm-hmm. but they're not you. Do you know what I mean? Give yourself time to develop. You don't have to do this in the space of a year, two years. Just give yourself space. Yeah.
0: But well, thank you so much, Rachel. Um, thank you for sharing. Oh, okay. Like, I feel like you've been, you're always, always very transparent. But like, even though we've had a few conversations, like I'm always overwhelmed by like what you share that's new. And I'm just like, wow, like you really, really um, contained a lot. Like you've managed to kind of go through so much in your life and be in a space where you're able to share that so eloquently um, and, like, yeah, yeah, I know I know that people are going to listen to me and be, the, like, super, if, super, super supported by what you said.
1: said. Yeah. Oh, fab. And if anyone wants to reach out to me, that's fine, because I'm very... I'm much better writing than I am speaking. I, I'm not the best speaker, so, yeah. I, I mean, I think you're
0: fabulous, me, to be <laughs> fair.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's not end on a negative. No,
0: I think you're absolutely fabulous at speaking. Um, so, yeah, sure. if you'd like to follow... Um, rachel on instagram her instagram handle is rose quartz and rum and your blog if they do see on wordpress your blog no it's rose quartz and right rose yeah rose quartz and i'm gonna put all of the links to her socials in the show notes alongside links to some other blogs that i think will be really interesting um around motherhood and depression so yeah i think this is a conversation that's not going to end here something tells me that is going to yeah. spark a point two of a conversation um and I'm really 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 happy to have spoken to you today so yeah like it's been a long time coming but it's been absolutely amazing and like I'm nowhere like I say I'm nowhere near my the hood who knows what's around the corner we never fucking know anything you no, know. <laughs> but but I feel like just listening to you talk about all of these things, things I would never have considered before, it, they were like now cemented in the back of my head. And before I go, one more thing. Um you mentioned the book that you read, the one about the Earth Mother and the Creative Rainbow Mother. Like what book would you suggest? Like one book that you would suggest that's just like the go-to for all um mothers?
1: Um women's Bodies, Women's Wisdom.
0: Yeah. Dr. Christine what is Northrup. The woman you yeah. Do- <laughs> that's mad. That is like that's my bible. Right. I have that and I've been reading it very slowly um, uh-huh. and I've been feeling a nudge to get into it a little bit more. Um, I just need to create yeah. that space in the morning and the night. It's
1: not just for mothers, it's for women. Yeah. Do you know what I mean, it's not just, you know, it, but it has aspects of motherhood in it that have been profound for me. Right. But just in general, it's just an amazing book.
0: Okay. Well, definitely. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. So thank you so much again, Rachel. Oh, thank you. No worries. Take care. Take care.
1: Bye.